Amen, amen. Somebody praise Jesus right now. Come on. If he's, if he's parted any sea for you, praise him right now. If he's pulled you out of any fire right now, you should praise him right now. He's so worthy of your praise, amen? So worthy of your praise. Pastor Michelle just sat up here and dated herself. Gold Circle, a Sears catalog. <laughs> she, she just went all in. <laughs> I ain't letting y'all know. <laughs> she went all in. Oh, my goodness. Uh, one thing we did forget to announce is next uh, month, the second Friday of next month, we'll have our, um, our Courage Company men's gathering over Lamont's house. Hold your hand up real quick. We'll have uh, our, our gathering over there. So uh, we'll announce it again. We'll send out um, invitations for it. Uh, men, let's get together, you know, let's gather. Let's get together this Saturday for breakfast. And uh, next, Friday, next month, second Friday of the month, we're going to get together then as well, okay? Amen, amen. Well, joy is your compass, and Jesus is your destination. Amen, amen. Uh, counting my blessings today, you know, I walked downstairs, and I was reminded of how blessed I am by, by Pastor Tossie, by Pastor Tossie. If anybody was there this morning, this was our last, was this the last master class that he held? I mean, what a blessing it is to have that mighty man of God in this house sharing all the wisdom that he's been given. Um, you know, we'll have another master class coming soon, but, but that one right there, just to have Pastor Tossie and Pastor Rita here in the house to bless us with all the, all the wisdom that he carries was just awesome. So that's my blessing for today. Um, let's read our declaration today. All right. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hebrews 4.16. Father, we just surrender this time to you right now, Lord. I pray, God, that you would, you would open our, our ears to hear your word, Father. Open our spirits to receive it, to digest it, God. We just invite you into, your, into this room today. We invite your, your Holy Spirit to fill this room. Let your glory be manifested right here, God. We want you to come in and do whatever it is that you desire to do. We move out of the way, Father. We don't want to leave out of here the same way that we walked in, Father. So do something new today. We love you and we bless you. In your mighty name I pray. Amen? Amen. Well, I'm excited about the message because I, I really just, I'm pulling you guys into my study this week. That's all it is. I just, what I was studying this week, and God just kind of showed me something with, uh, that, that really just excites me. So um, this past uh, year, uh, Thanksgiving, we actually hosted it at our house. And we had about, I don't know, 25 people that were there. And my wife is like, she cleans, cleans, you know, like I clean. No, I don't. But she, um, she, she cleans. I mean, she Cinderella cleans, you know. And so um, I'm, I, I benefit from it, of course. I live there. But after everybody was leaving, there was only, like, her niece and her husband and their, their kids were left. Um, but while she, they were there, she was, she was cleaning up all the dishes, getting everything together. And she reached over to grab a half case of Pepsi that was there. She was trying to hurry up and get it out of the house before I actually got some. Little did she know, I had already grabbed, grabbed five cans and I shoved them in, into the pantry in the bottom of the pantry in the back. See, she's not here so I can keep my hiding space. Um, so I had already shoved my five Pepsis back there, you know, but she was rushing trying to get this half case of Pepsi 
out of the house. And when she got into our office area, the, 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 the case kind of ripped and like all these cans came out and started busting on the floor and just squirting all, all over our office, you know. So we had to rush over and we just started grabbing these cans up and we helped her clean it up. And I remember looking over at her and I said, all you, all you needed to do was ask for help. I would have helped you, right? I would have helped you. Last month, she was, she was over here, she was preaching last month, and, you know, we, this, ear, this earpiece is, is, it's a whole project trying to, like, get it down the back of your shirt, and I don't know if you guys have ever seen us over there, but it looks, I mean, it looks like you're undressing, you know what I mean? You're dropping this thing down and putting it in. Well, she was getting herself prepared, and she, she put this back there, and she's trying to, to put the clip into the battery pack, and she, I, said, I said, here, let me, and she, she's like, no, I got it. And I was like, Okay. And so she, she went to go jam it in, and she looked at me. She said, I think I might have broke it. And I was like, oh, my goodness. So we rushed back to J-Tone, and, and J-Tone, we, you know, he just he grabbed everything, and he's like, man, you got, let me see. He's like, you got, you got a knife? And I'm like, maybe. Why? You know, so he, I'm in church. I don't know. <laughs> so maybe I got a knife. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> so, so I came up, got it. And, and by the time I got back there, J-Tone had fixed that whole thing. And, and put it in the battery pack, and she came back up right before transition was supposed to go, you know, go up for transition. And I looked at her, and I was like, all you needed to do was ask for help. I would have helped you, right? I believe that's the way a lot of uh, Christians live our Christian lives. Help is available. Help is available. But a lot of us just don't think to ask. A lot of us just don't think to ask for the help that's available to us. So today I want to talk to you about our help, our helper, our helper. A lot of believers are, are unaware or they just forgot that there's a helper that's available to you. Or just to ask for him. We don't, we don't often think about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, our helper. A.W. Tozer, he quoted... Um, It says, the idea of the Holy Spirit to the average church member is so vague as to be non-existent. So we think of the Holy Spirit as this this wisp of smoke. And part of the problem is that he he seems so so mystical. Like we can can get a picture of of God the Father because, you know, somebody have told you you have your fifth grade image of, of God the Father who sits in the sky, big beard and white hair, you know, on the throne. So, so we can kind of get a picture of him. We can get a picture of God the Son because we, we, ha- we have paintings, we have pictures, we, hear, we have stories of what Jesus has done. And so we, we can get a picture of him. But when, when you try to get a picture, we say the Holy Spirit, your mind just goes blank. Your mind just goes blank. There's an article that stated that most Christians say that the Holy Spirit is a divine force or symbol of God's power and presence. So so that's saying that he's not a person to most Christians, but but a symbol of God's power and presence. And last time I checked, symbols don't really do much for us. A symbol ain't going to really help you in your time of need. The truth is, is that we can't do anything of any eternal value without the Holy Spirit's help. Amen? The Holy Spirit is way more than just a symbol of God's power and presence. He's, he's, he is the power and presence here with us right now. He's on your side, 
right? He's working for us. He's working in us. He's working through us. He's way more than just a symbol of God's power and presence. Lloyd John Ogilvie said, sadly, many Christians settle for two-thirds of God. God the Father is way up there somewhere, aloof and apart from their daily lives. Christ is out there somewhere between them and the Father, and the Holy Spirit is some kind of vague force or impersonal power they hear about but do not know intimately. We need to get to know the person of the Holy Spirit more intimately because we all need help, amen? And the awesome news for us today is that help is here. It's available to the believer, amen? So we're going to jump into, into John, uh, the Gospel of John, where Jesus is having this discussion with his disciples. And this is the night before he's going to be crucified. So this is the upper room discourse. Um, and it's the Last Supper where he gathers his disciples into the upper room and he gives them final instructions on how they're to move forward in his absence. I mean, think about it. This is, this is 12 young men who've just spent the last three years with Jesus through the good times, the bad times, and the healing, seeing healing happening, uh, blind men being, uh, being, being able to see, casting out demons, curing leprosy. They got to witness all of this stuff. No matter what kind of situation they found themselves in, they always had access to Jesus during these three years of his public ministry. And as long as Jesus was right there, the disciples could just bring people to him, and everything was all good. Even when they got sent out two by two to preach, heal, cast out demons, they did it in confidence. Why? Because they were commissioned and empowered by Jesus. They had help. But now, he's about to leave, and he wants to explain to them how they're going to make it in his physical absence. So we'll take a look at John 14, 15 through 18. And this is, uh, this is Jesus talking, and he says, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I'll pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will, not, I will come to you. In this passage, we actually get to see the trinity of the persons of the Godhead mentioned together here. This is, this is the Father being prayed to, This is the Son in human nature praying and the Holy Spirit, praying uh, and the Holy Spirit, the helper, being prayed for. So this is the the Trinity all in this one passage. In the Gospel of John, Jesus refers to the person of the Holy Spirit as the helper. He's referred to as many things throughout the Bible. He's referred to as, as a counselor, as a comforter. As a, as a healer, as an advocate. But here, Jesus refers to the person of the Holy Spirit as the helper. And yes, I said the person of the Holy Spirit. Because even though he's invisible, whenever he's refer, or referenced in the Bible, he's referenced personally. Do you know that? He's referenced personally in, in uh, uh, verses 16 and 17. It says, he may abide, neither sees him nor knows him. For he dwells. 
So the, the Holy Spirit is a person to be known, not just a force to be utilized. Amen? He is a person to be known, not just a force to be utilized. He produces behavior traits that represent Jesus. The Apostle Paul referenced these characteristics as the fruit of the Spirit. Love, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, self-control. He is a person to be known. A lot of people, we want the Holy Spirit's power and we want the Holy Spirit's presence without relating to the person of the Holy Spirit. And when we do that, we miss out who he is in our lives. We totally miss it. You see, he is a him, and Jesus refers to him as the helper. The word helper is the Greek word parakletos, parakletos, which means someone who comes alongside you to help you. Can anybody use any help in here today? God knows I can use all the help that I can get. Because we all struggle with something in life. No matter what it looks like on the external, we all struggle with something. You know what I mean? We're struggling in our marriages. We're struggling uh, with addictions. We're struggling with forgiveness, anxiety, depression. When I gave my heart to Jesus, I remember, I remember thinking, man, smooth sailing from here. I'm a Christian. Smooth sailing from here. Nothing's gonna, nothing can tamper with me now. And I, I told the story before, but I remember I was in Lorraine, and, and, and Pastor Tina, she walked up to me. This was a couple months after I gave my life to Jesus. She said, I just see Jesus all over you, and he looks good on you. I said, thank you so much. She said, enjoy it for now. <laughs> what do you mean enjoy it for now? I didn't know that the devil was coming. I didn't know that he, 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 he hates to see any of us worshiping King Jesus. I didn't know he was coming. You know, I thought it was easy. To be part of the kingdom of God, I was told it was pretty easy, right? All you needed to do was just believe with your heart. Believe in Jesus, right? Just believe in him with your heart. And the Bible says then that I would be adopted into the royal family. Amen? Jesus did all the hard work. When I put my faith in him, the Holy Spirit sealed me. When I put my faith in him, he sealed me. I was in. So to become, to get into the kingdom, to get into the kingdom is easy. But to walk like royalty, yeah, that takes a little bit of help. To walk as a son and a daughter of the king, that's going to take a little bit of help. And Jesus said to them, help is on the way. So I want to share with you three truths about our helper. Three truths about our helper. First is that he is an active helper. He's an active helper. When Michelle and I go down to Columbus to watch our granddaughter Gigi, um, and you guys hear about her all the time, she's going to be here next week, so I'm excited. <laughs> um, when we go down to watch her, uh, it's weird to me because when I tell her she's doing something, uh, 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 I should say that when, when we're watching her, one of us, is always actively beside her. We're always watching her, whether it's her feeding her lunch or, or whether she's just playing inside or going for a walk. 
were always actively beside her, watching her, right? It's weird because when I tell her, we tell her, stop or don't do that, Gigi. She doesn't throw a fit. She just, just okay, just moves on to the next thing. See, she trusts that we have her best interest in mind. So she just trusted. She moves on to the next thing. And it's abnormal for me for kids these days because that's not your normal kid. We were, we were in Dillard's. Most kids are just, why? Why, Daddy? Why? Right? We were in Dillard's uh, the week of uh, uh, Resurrection Sunday that weekend. And I saw a dad with, with three of his, his daughters. And the only thing I heard her saying, the youngest daughter, was, why? Why can't we have that? Why can't we have it, Daddy? And he's like, you guys just don't understand. Like, it's Easter weekend. I got to get stuff for your mom. I got to get stuff for you. Like, let's just get out of here. They were driving him crazy. Why? Why, Daddy? If any of you had a grandmother like me, the answer to your question, why? Was because I said so. That's why. That was the end of the discussion. On Paul's second missionary trip, he was being called. And this is in Acts 16, 6 through 9. It says, Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And it says that Paul immediately went to preach there. I love this passage simply because the Holy Spirit closed the door twice for Paul. Never tells us why. We didn't get a why. Never tells us. Closed the door twice. Never says that Paul complained about it. Never says that he asked why. Why, God? Why can't I go to Phrygia and preach? Why can't I go to Mysia and preach? Because we always need to know why he's doing something in our lives. Nope. Paul just kept on moving. And eventually, Paul, you know what he did? He got rest. He got rest. And that's where the Holy Spirit spoke to him in that still and quiet place. That's where he heard the voice of the Lord. When we come to know, trust, and operate in the Spirit, closed doors look just as attractive as open doors to us. You hear me? Closed doors look just as attractive as open doors to us because we're confident that we're in the will of God and that he has our best interest in mind. You see, trust and obedience equals rest. Trust and obedience equals rest. That's where you'll find your rest. We can rest knowing that, that he's got all the where's and when's figured out. We don't need to know why. Just know that it's because he said so. Amen? Another thing the Holy Spirit does is, is he helps us by teaching us and reminding us. The moment we were saved, we have the teacher. We have the teacher above all teachers, and he's within us. 
right? Originally, he was beside us because he ain't never not been there, y'all. The Holy Spirit ain't never not been there. He's always been right beside you. When you were, before you were saved, all those coincidences you had, when you said, don't do that, don't eat that, don't smoke that, don't, don't, don't drink that, that was the Holy Spirit. That wasn't, your, that wasn't a coincidence. That was him right beside you, trying to nudge you and let you know. It was the Holy Spirit. But it wasn't until you gave your life to him that he came in. That he came into you. He's the one that helps us understand the truth. He's the one that helps us convey the truth to others. When you find yourself in tough times needing just a word from God or a passage for God, he's the one that shows you where to go. Like you ever, you ever read a scripture someday and said, man, I needed that. I needed that. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit, y'all. He's the one that interprets the Word of God to you. He's the one that encourages us. He is your helper along the way. See, we've got this awesome asset that a lot of us just ignore in our lives, but he'll help you interpret and apply the Word of God in your life. You just got to acknowledge him. Fall madly in love with the Holy Spirit and obey his commands. When Jesus was with his disciples, he instructed them, he taught them, For three whole years, they listened to sermons, they listened to parables, they listened to discourses. They got schooled by Jesus. And in the same way, the Holy Spirit, who is alive right now, does that same thing for us. John 14, 25 through 26. It said, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring you your remembrance, bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. You know, I've heard people say, and I've said it before, wouldn't it have been awesome to be there and with Jesus, to hear him preach and and to, to, to see him do miracles and, and, you know, just to, to watch him do all these things. And anything that you needed, he was right there to fix because he was the helper. He was right there with him. It would have been awesome to learn from Jesus, right? Well, first of all, no thank you. I, I love my house. I love my hot showers. I feel like back then it was kind of like Pepe Le Pew. Like, I mean, I, it was kind of dirty back then, but so no thank you. But what Jesus is saying to all of us right here is that, Jesus wants us to know that the Holy Spirit is the perfect substitute teacher. The Holy Spirit is the perfect substitute for him as our helper. He helps us memorize scripture. He helps us memorize the promises of God in our lives when things are going wrong. That's the Holy Spirit doing that. So just like the disciples learned to turn to Jesus for help, We have to learn to lean on, turn and lean on the Holy Spirit when we need help. Amen? Amen. The second truth about our helper is he is a very similar helper. John 14, 16 says, And I'll pray the Father, and he'll give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The word another 
in the Greek is alos. Alos. And what that means is, is another of the same kind. He's going to leave you another of the same kind. What he's saying is he's saying, listen, listen, fellas, I'm leaving, right? I'm leaving here. But I'm going to send you somebody just like me, just like me. I'm going to send you a replacement because I'm leaving. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to sit at the right hand of the Father. But I'm going to send you a replacement that's going to help you with everything just like I did. And he ain't even going to leave, when, 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 to leave to go pray. Right? He's going to help you with your prayers. That's the other thing that he does is the Holy Spirit helps us pray. When Jesus was here on earth, uh, after, so the Bible says that after he finished praying, one of his disciples came and he said, he said Jesus, show us how to pray like John taught his disciples. And Jesus said, okay. He said, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He taught them the Lord's Prayer. He taught them how to pray. In the same way, the Holy Spirit helps us pray. Watch. Romans 8, 26, it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray. We do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings we cannot be uttered. That cannot be uttered. See, most of the time, we don't, we, don't, we don't know what we need. We know what we want. But we don't know what we need in life. We don't always know what we should be praying for. And sometimes we got to be real with the Holy Spirit and just say, man, I don't know how to pray for that thing, what I'm going through right now. I don't know how to pray for that right now. And then just open your mouth and allow him to intercede. Amen? He'll take those, those groanings, those undeveloped thoughts and those feelings, he'll take them directly to God. He knows how to pray with you and for you when all you can say, like, like my brother Craig up here, when all you can say is, mm, 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 he will step in and give you what to say to the Lord. The Spirit of God is actually helping you talk to God. That's the Holy Spirit. So we never have to be afraid to go before him because we have his Spirit. Amen. But we got to walk in stride. You have to walk in stride with your helper. You can't walk ahead of him. You can't walk behind him. You got to walk in stride with your helper. This is why Paul says in Galatians 5:16, I say then, walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. See, when we walk in the Spirit, we live controlled and guided by the Holy Spirit, and we're able to continuously then commune with him and enjoy spirit-to-spirit fellowship with God. Another way he helps us is he helps us declare truth with authority. He helps you declare the truth of God with authority. After Jesus preached the uh, Sermon on the Mount, the people they knew that they had witnessed something completely different after they witnessed this sermon. Matthew 7, 28 through 29 says, And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. 
Jesus always taught with authority. Like, I don't know what your picture is, your mental of Jesus. You know, I'm sure it's probably this frail guy on a cross because that's the, the, the picture that we've been given to Jesus. But Jesus was powerful. Jesus was powerful. He still is. He is powerful. He spoke with authority. In Matthew chapter 15, Jesus had just got done reaming everybody, right? Reaming everybody about inner purity. So he tells them, he says that uh, you're not made unclean by eating non-kosher food. It's what you think and what you say that makes you unclean. Before that, he goes in front of the religious leaders. And, 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 and these are people that, 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 that people feared these guys, the religious leaders. They had the big hats and the robes. You know, they feared them. But Jesus goes in front of them and says, man, you, do, you better do better than them because they ain't going. You better do better than them. He calls them hypocrites. Jesus was powerful. He spoke with authority. And it's funny, after he says this, what his disciples say in Matthew 15, 12. His disciples, after he tells them, calls them hypocrites, reams everybody for, uh, 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 for what they were thinking, he, the disciples says, it says, Then his disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when, they all, when you said what you said? They were offended when they heard the saying. And Jesus said, oh, I'm sorry. No, Jesus didn't say, I'm sorry. Jesus didn't care. He is love, but he didn't care. He declared truth with authority. That same spirit lives in you to declare truth with authority, to declare truth over your family, to declare truth in your marriage, to declare truth in your circle. That same Holy Spirit lives in all of us. It lived in his disciples. Watch this. After Jesus was betrayed, after he was arrested, after he was questioned and beaten, Peter was confronted by, of all things, a servant girl. He was confronted by a girl. She said, aren't you the one that was with Jesus? He said, no, that wasn't me. Totally denied it. Another girl came by. Another, another girl came by and said, that's the dude right there. I think he was with Jesus. He said, nope, wasn't me. Denied him again. The guard came by and he cut his ear off. He's like, man, wasn't you the guy in the garden? He said, no, that wasn't me. Come on, man, I know that's you. You're the one who cut my ear off. He denied him three times. But fast forward, after Jesus is crucified, resurrected, and ascends to heaven, Peter gives one of the most powerful sermons at Pentecost. Then him and John heal a lame man at the temple at the gate called Beautiful, right? They get arrested. This is the same Peter who denied Jesus, is now confronting the Jewish council. He's confronting the Sanhedrin. What happened? What happened to this Peter who denied Jesus to now confronting the Jewish council? In Acts 4.8, it says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, Filled with the Holy Spirit, says to the rulers and people and elders. This, he confronts them after he's filled with the Holy Spirit. And after he declares truth and authority to some of the, the scariest dudes on the block, Acts 4.13 says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they, had, uh, they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. This was Peter before the fire and Peter after the fire. 
Help had arrived. Help has arrived in your life. A lot of us are living this awesome, with this awesome asset, and we're, we're not drawing from it because we don't know what we have. You don't realize what you have. You don't realize the power that you possess. You don't realize who he is in your life. He is the, this is the spirit of the living God who lives inside of you. You have power at your hands, at your fingertips. We've got a helper that wants to help us do the will of God and walk that path boldly. Amen? He'll take the thing that you're petrified of, the thing that, that, that you're scared of the most, and he'll turn it around and turn it into a testimony for his glory. But you've got to walk in stride with the Holy Spirit. God's got a plan for you, but it's when you submit to his plan. When you submit to his plan, then you realize that your, your helper has been in the blocks all this time waiting for the gun to go off. And he'll give you a fast pass to the front of the line. He'll put the words in your mouth to say all the things that you need to say and do all the things you need to do to give him glory. We don't have to live dissatisfied with our Christian life. We got abilities, we got talents, we got gifts, but we can only draw from them when you have a relationship. That's the only time you can draw from it. The last truth of the helper is he is a permanent helper. He's a permanent helper. Jesus said, I'm leaving, but I'm going to give you a helper that will abide with you forever. Not just for a little while. Not just for three years. He said, he's going to abide with you forever. Ephesians 1.13 says, In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. A seal in those days meant something authentic. It meant it, meant, it spoke of, of ownership. It spoke of, of, of protection. See, you're, you're authentic. You're one of a kind. You're his. You were crafted and stamped by the creator, by the maker. You have, we have this awesome protection in us. We're not talking about any old spirit here. We're talking about the person of the Godhead living inside of each one of us, has sealed us. And who can break a divine seal? Can the devil? The devil can't break a divine seal. You can't break a divine seal. So God is saying that, that when you trust in him, he sealed you as one of his kids. You are forever a child of God. Amen? Somebody should be grateful that you are ever, you're forever a child of God. And that's the good news for us. That means that since the moment you've trusted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you were never, ever, 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 ever left alone. He has always been there. We just have to walk in stride with our helper. Acts 2.17 says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. 
Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. See, the last days includes all days. It includes all days between the first and his second coming. That means from right, he meant right now, from now on, I will, I will dwell in you for all days. So, so we all equally have access because he's so loving and he so generously pours out. But don't get it twisted. He is coming back. Don't get it twisted. He will be back. So we have no excuses not to be ready. Excuses are just tools of the incompetence which builds monuments of nothingness. We have no excuse to be ready, not to be ready. He's given us a deposit. He's given us alos, another of the same kind. He's given us a teacher. He's given us paracletus, one alongside of us. He's given us help. Amen? He's given you everything you need for when he comes. I'm going to close with this. You see, a life that's lived in spirit and truth is a life that is led by the Holy Spirit. It's led by the Holy Spirit of God who came and and dwelled in us and who's always beside us. Amen? Stand with me. He speaks to us quietly through our human spirits. The Holy Spirit knows our thoughts. He knows the thoughts of our hearts. He knows our deepest yearnings. He knows the deepest yearnings of your soul. And what he does is he teaches us through our spirit so that we can have spirit-to-spirit fellowship with God. He longs to lead us and guide us in truth. And he grieves when we choose our own fleshly desires. When when we start living our life in spirit and truth, he takes those deep yearnings that, that we can't develop or understand and he intercedes for us so that we can boldly walk into the throne room before our creator. See, Jesus didn't call us to be a church in our own power. He's given us help that we need to do his work. Amen. thank you today. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for always being active in our lives. We thank you for teaching us through your word, Father. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for being a similar helper, one of the same kind. One that helps us in our prayers and declare truth in our lives, Father, with authority truth over our marriages, truth over our children. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for being a permanent helper in our lives. 
never leaving us, never forsaking us, but always being right there, always being right on time. Father, we thank you for the outpouring and indwelling of your spirit. We acknowledge you this week, Holy Spirit. We value you. We thank you this week for your guidance. We thank you for wisdom and understanding today. Let there be a fresh outpouring over your church today, God. We declare power, we declare authority, we declare healing right now. We open up our hearts to you. And we tell you to come in today. If you've never given your life to Jesus, the opportunity to make the most important decision in your life right now. The Holy Spirit wants to do is he wants to he wants to transform you from glory to glory to glory until you look like Jesus. never asked him into your heart, let's do that right now. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Come into my heart. Transform me. Make me new. I want to be just like you, Jesus. I want to walk like you. I want to talk like you. I want to live like you for you, King. I declare from this day forward, I will live for you, Jesus. pastors and altar ministers up here to pray for you if you need prayer. We want you to come this way before you go that way. Thank all you guys for being here today. We'll see you either this Wednesday at 7 p.m. at our Cleveland location or next Sunday. Remember to live right, love everybody, and pray hard. I love you guys.